your heart all right you guys welcome to how's your heart podcast i'm tico lorenzo and i'm anthony sacco and this is episode seven seven guess what am what we have a guest today oh my god that's right i almost forgot <laughs> so silly i'm goose. so excited i feel Me like i'm gonna too. get educated you know I know. I wonder if, like, we're going to be, like, learning things or just he's going to be, like, it's what you see on Grey's Anatomy, you know? Do you think we're going to, like, have to do, like, a procedure? (gasps) That would be so much fun. What do they call it when you have to, like, do the cat in school? Like, the... I did a frog. What is that called? Like, you... Um, Dissect. Dissect. Maybe he'll bring something from the hospital. So if you guys haven't gotten... (laughs) The tip for tot. We have a doctor coming on. We have a doctor coming on. But we'll get to that, you know? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about him yet. It's <laughs> Just not. Kidding. It's about us and our you're, hearts. And we're so happy that you're tuning in again. We hope you liked our last episode of Just Us Gal Pals on the Couch chit chatting away. Um but yeah, it's a new week. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. And we are super excited because we're going to Coachella this weekend. We're going to Coachella. We're going to be at Coachella. We're literally going to Coachella. We're going to Coachella. Like, we're going to Coachella. We're going to Coachella. And, you know, I'm so excited, but I'm also so stressed. I'm in, like, 700 group chats about Coachella, and it's taking a toll on my mental health. Well, how's your heart? I mean, this is going to be, like, so, like, oh, my God, he's such a millennial. Like, Coachella is affecting his mental health, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone's going to hate on that trust. But I really don't care. Um, Because if you listen to our last episode, I said I don't care about a lot of things. And that's people's opinions. So I'm here to tell you guys how my heart is. <laughs> and, you know, my heart's good. I'm just so stressed. And I'm trying to... I have a lot of anxiety because this weekend is Coachella, obviously, and me and my friends are invited to, like, a lot of parties and a lot of events, and I'm also doing work out there, getting content that I have to get, so it's like, I know I'm going to have fun, and it's going to be fine at the end of it, but it's just so stressful thinking about everything that I have to do, you know, and, like, socializing and being in big groups, like, that's what I'm not excited about, but I will be fine once I'm there. I know that. So that's what I have to keep on telling myself to, like, reassure myself and not freak out or, like, have a panic attack. Yeah, I mean, like, we're doing it because it's fun. So you have to keep the fun in it, you know? Yeah. Like, never lose sight of why we're doing it. Yeah. And always be mindful of the choices you make. Like, the choice you make to be mindful of your moods and, like, what you let affect you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be fine. You'll be more than fine. It's going to be iconic and we're going to have so much fun. Yeah, I just wanted so to be stop Friday. stressing. <laughs> Honestly, truly. How's your heart, Aunt Batman? Honestly, truly. <laughs> um, it's really good, you know? I am pretty much the same as I was last week, which was 
just so happy and really content with life and I'm enjoying where my life is going and I I love how my days go on feeling productive and planned and motivated to start the next day you know I wake up and I'm like what am I going to conquer today and today it was a podcast and I took my dog on a nice little hike that she needed because I've been going on a little bit too many trips and leaving her behind well both of them but she um it's more exercise yeah she's bigger and he's like older um but not to make a long story short i am yeah i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm happy i'm happy and i'm definitely excited for this weekend and we are just gonna jump into this conversation i think because we're gonna get educated with y'all and learn so much and hear from a doctor yeah so without further ado let's introduce dr vince dr vincent Dr. Vicente. All right, welcome, Vincent, Dr. Roth, Camille. <laughs> All right, you guys, we are back with our guest, Vincent. Hey, y'all. Vincent. Dr. Vincent. What would, what would people call you when eventually they'll call me Dr. Camille Grammar, I suppose? <laughs> Dr. Camille Grammar. No, I don't know. It's weird. Like, Having people call me Dr. Roth. Roth. I, I try to keep it professional, though, and tell people to call me Dr. Roth, but... So, like, um, right now, everyone calls you Dr. Roth? Only patients. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, anybody else that, like, I work with or outside of the hospital, it's just Vincent. Okay. Cute. I feel like I'm going to start calling you Dr. Roth from now on. Well, <laughs> welcome to How's Your Heart Podcast, Dr. Roth. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Cheers, um, everyone. Cheers. Go Cheers. This is our friend Vincent. Um, how old are you? Tell everyone how old you are. 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you from? From Tampa, Florida. Yes, another Floridian on our podcast. How that's amazing. All of our friends end up from Florida. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Yeah, that's happened to me since I moved here. It's like I have somehow gravitated back towards Flor- yeah. Floridians. We flock together. <laughs> Right? Is that a saying? I think so. Birds of Florida flock together, something like that. Okay, so give everyone a little synopsis. Is that the word of what you do, what you've been doing the last few years? You're a doctor, so. Um, Yes, I am a doctor. I'm in my first year of residency, which is called internship. Um, So basically, you do four years of undergrad, um, four years of medical school, and then you're a doctor. Um, and then you have to do at least three years of residency training after medical school in order to practice um, independently. So I'm doing my residency in anesthesiology, which is four years. But no matter what your residency is in, your first year is called internship. So that's what I'm in currently. Okay. An internship. And how long yes. did you study for before this? Um, so... Between college and med school is a total of eight years, oh and then gosh. it'll be four years of residency, so total of 12 years to be able to practice independently. But I'm working and getting paid right now, yeah. so it's not like I'm in school per se, but still learning and training. So everyone that. has to go through like 12 years? <sighs> um, minimum like 11 you could, I mean, eight to become a doctor, but then you can't practice independently unless you do residency. And the minimum length of a residency is three years and those are like um internal medicine family medicine pediatrics 
Those are I learned that like on um, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, so a lot of people, I feel I like, are familiar with Residency yeah. because of Grey's Anatomy, so I don't have to explain it as much, which is nice. But I've never actually watched Grey's, so I don't really they no. they make it known on the show that like these are residents these are what are the other ones called like, like attendings attendings yeah, right so I'll be an attending at the end of residency okay attending so, yeah, <laughs> attending <laughs> well that's amazing that takes dedication like I after my five years of college was done like yeah, I just could I not like, sit out. there yeah so good for you okay, what made sense. you want to like go to school and do all this uh, it's like the million dollar question <laughs> um, so. I think, like, I, a lot of people, you know, go to medical school because they have, like, a big, like, momentous life event that, um, like, you know, interests them in medicine, um, and that didn't, like, necessarily happen for me. I just kind of feel like I um, had thought about doing it and kind of explored it in college and um, tried out other things. I thought maybe, like, student affairs or something like that for me, um, but... I just kind of um, met some, like, good mentors in medicine um, and actually, like, did an internship that kind of solidified it for me. Um, everything I did was always, like, service-oriented, uh, like, even the student affairs types of things that I was interested in, but the only thing that really felt um, kind of, like, compelling or fulfilling enough for me was um, treating people's health and serving them in that capacity. So that's kind of what, I guess, led me to it. Um, and I've had just a lot more experiences along the way that have made it um, feel even more meaningful, I guess. Aww. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> there's a police station right here, so there's always sirens. So, so we have to pause for it. sirens. <laughs> pause for sirens. Um, no, but that's amazing. Like, I love that. I, because of Grey's Anatomy, wanted to become a doctor, but <laughs> I can never. Like, do you see, like, blood and stuff already? Yeah, I um, I do see a lot of blood, actually. Oh, my God. I've been covered in blood, every I bodily fluid. Have you ever seen a baby be born? Like in yeah, person? I got to deliver, help deliver some babies oh. in medical school. I was like, oh, my God, you delivered a baby? I actually started, so I got towards the end of my uh, OB rotation, and they, like, finally let me be the one to, like, deliver the baby. Um, but then it came out with the cord wrapped around its neck. And so then they like pushed me out of the way and they come finish delivering the baby. But I got to start it, which was cool. What did you do in that moment? Were you worried? Um, that's like a common thing. I didn't quite realize what was going on. I was like, they identified it kind of before I was able to like process it. And I was just kind of pushed out of the way. Um, but the whole thing is really like an adrenaline rush and, um, I don't know. The whole thing's exciting and. Actually, really like to be and like working in a hospital. Do you mentally, like, you can't mentally prepare yourself for like what you're about to see, right? So like each time you have a patient, like, is it something new? Wait, wait where do you work in the hospital? So during internship, intern year, so it kind of like makes intern year unique, I guess, and why it has a different name. Um, you do not necessarily what you're actually planning to practice. Like I'm doing anesthesia, ultimately, but this year. I'm essentially a general surgery resident, so I bounce around to different general surgical services. But you can also do your internship in like medicine, you do different medicine services, or you can do it, um, like if you do a family medicine one, it can be kind of like a blend. Um, so right now, I'm interestingly, I'm doing a non-surgical rotation, so I'm doing a month of cardiology consults. Um, so every month is different for me basically this year. And then 
for the remaining three years, it'll be just anesthesia. Wow. That's just like Grey's Anatomy. They think they're, <laughs> there you go. Um, they're, what's it called? On someone's cardio or someone's brain, neuro. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. What are those things called? They're like the categories. Like a specialty? A specialty, I guess. A, um, I don't know. I just need to watch the episode and I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but before we move on, we forgot to ask you an important question. How's my heart? Yeah, I told you I studied a little before this. <laughs> wow. You're the first person that said that. I mean, it's obvious, but like you said it. You know, you are really our number one fan, aren't you? I am secretly. <laughs> Maybe so not smart. so secretly anymore. But anyways, how is your heart? Uh, well, um, like I mentioned, work has been really stressful lately. Uh, so I guess I'm a bit anxious these days. Um, but I would say I'm also feeling, I hate to say it, uh, like a bit grateful. Um, I had like a pretty bad week and, um, like I was just being kind of forced to take on a lot more responsibility than people, uh, like normally have to in this rotation that I'm on. Um, so it was pretty stressful for me, but this week I, this weekend I was kind of like alone and, um feel like I, you know, kind of rose to the occasion, if you will, um, and was able to handle everything without a problem and learned a lot along the way. So I feel like that's kind of the point of residency is to push your, push your limits a little bit, make you feel really stressed. But, um, you know, it, that's what forces you to grow and be able to handle more as you go further in training. So... That's yeah, kind of how I'm feeling. Amen. Amen. Did you listen to our growth episode? <laughs> no, I actually, no. Like maybe. two episodes ago, we maybe. talked about how being uncomfortable makes you grow. So like you were mm, really pushing. uncomfortable this weekend. Yeah. I was, it, I was very uncomfortable. But <laughs> um, that. you grew so much. She you survived. Learned. And you learned. Yourself. Like yeah. that feels good. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. How are, how, how are y'all's hearts? Well, you're going to listen to the script. <laughs> Yeah, we say it out. before you got here to our studio. Yeah, our studio. I have to audio. tune in later but to find out. To sum it up, but we're good. We're excited for this weekend. Okay, yeah, good. a lot coming up this weekend for y'all. A lot. It's, it's yeah, it's a lot. So, obviously, the schooling um, for becoming a doctor is a lot. So, how has that journey during school and residency affected your mental health? Um, I think it's honestly taken a bit of a toll on my mental health and it's something that I have wanted to address, um, better in medical school. I actually, I kind of felt the same thing that I'm going through right now, which is like, I moved to a new place and I felt kind of alone and then the workload was a lot more than I was used to. So I just felt like I kind of went to a bit of a depression. Um, and I actually did seek help in medical school when I went to therapy for a bit and help it, it helped. Um, was it free for students? Uh, so there was a free option. Um, and I tried it once, but I did not particularly click with Mm -hmm. the therapist. So I got a referral elsewhere they actually plugged me into a therapist that I'd heard about that I really liked and got me into her office really quick. And she was affiliated with the school. 
um, and took my insurance. So I paid like $25 a session. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, so I feel like I'm going through a similar thing here right now. Um, but I have not had the time, unfortunately, to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as much as I like counsel other people on like getting their you know, mental health taken care of, I haven't really been able to do it recently for myself. Yeah. Well, you need to prioritize that. Yes, it's yeah. true. I know. They, they tell us to all the time, and they give us, they make it, like, pretty accessible for us. Um, but I just, I haven't, I haven't done it. But maybe I will. is it mainly just because you're in this step of your residency? Like, this is, like, the one where you really are, like, pushed? Or is it always going to be, like, yeah. will you be able to make time for it? Yeah, so this is definitely the busiest year of residency for me, and it'll be a little easier um, in the coming years to make some time for it. Um, but it's still it'll it'll still be busy, pretty busy throughout. Yeah. But yes, this is like the worst time possible. <laughs> well, is that just like doctors like a doctor's life? No, like once you're so. Once you're done with residency, you can kind of make it what you want. So, like, a lot of anesthesiologists um, only work, like, 40 hours a week. So just, like, very regular hours. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like, they have weekends off, nights and weekends off. And they'll maybe take call, like, every once in a while. Um, so once I'm done with residency, I personally plan to live a fairly normal and balanced life. Um, but, of course, like, <laughs> there's a lot of people that choose to, to not live that way. So especially, yeah. you know, people in surgical fields or things that like require you to be kind of on call all the time are different but my specialty is nice because like you know i see patients then once they're done with their surgery they're kind of out of my hands at that point so i can you're just part of the surgical aspect yeah pretty much like helping to i mean planning before and kind of like if they need follow-up stuff after but none of it's like urgent i mostly just take care of them will be taking care of them during their surgery and then and that's it. We part ways. My girlfriend is a nurse for that. Like, there's nurse. In it. Yeah. So there's um, CRNA, CRNAs. Yeah, that's what she is. Yeah. Nurse anesthetists. Yeah. Um, and they honestly um, serve a very similar. Like, they can do a lot of what anesthesiologists do, but there's parts of our training that they're not able to do, like echocardiography and things like that. What is an anesthesiologist? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, an anesthesiologist is basically the doctor that puts you to sleep when you go for surgery. Oh um, but our job also um, allows us to do some other things. So, like, um, I could specialize in pain management, open, like, a pain clinic, and um, treat people with, uh, like, nerve blocks and things that um, are, like, more procedural. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give too much anesthesia, can they die? Uh, theoretically, but there's actually like. Isn't that how Joan Rivers died? Uh, no, I think she just had a. I don't know. Actually, she had a complication during surgery, but I don't know that it was necessarily a no, result of was. the anesthesia. Okay, let's Google that at some point. <laughs> Not to be like. So the I think it's something like the the chances of you like dying in a plane crash are more mm. are higher than the chance of dying during surgery from anesthesia. Um, I mean, really, the main thing that'll kill you during anesthesia is not so much like medication administration as it is just like having a heart attack on the table or something that's maybe provoked by medications that are given but 
um, or not even really. It's a lot of times like surgical. Anyways, I'm getting too deep. You can cut that. Cut that. <laughs> shop. Bravo, but, bravo, um, yeah, bravo, bravo. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Yeah, no, like anesthesia is actually fairly safe. And we you know, have our cardiologist, which is what I'm doing right now, like do like risk stratification before to see like what your risk of, you know, having a, a big uh, like cardiac event happen during surgery is. So it's pretty safe. Um, I actually wanted to shift gears a little because we were getting deep in doctor. Deep in the, wo- the weeds. And um, so you have a Twitter personality that, You're famous. Yeah, he's very well known on Twitter, but it's behind Camille Grammer. So you are Camille Grammer. I am. And I just want to know your like, what makes you like like her so much, and what is the like? The how did idea? that come about? Yeah. Like, <sighs> okay, just explain it. <laughs> so, I a few of my friends, my dear friends are Housewives fanatics and they were always talking about Housewives and I never knew what was going on because I didn't watch. In October of 2020, I got COVID and had to quarantine at home alone for two weeks. So I was like, what do I watch? Because I don't really watch. Prior to that, I didn't watch any TV. Um, (laughs) And so I just started Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and fell in love with Camille Grammer. Yeah. She's iconic. And she's then, like, so, you know, it's like she's the villain and then she just completely flips the script and becomes like the fan favorite, the relatable one, the one that's like keeps it real. Yeah. That's what I love about her. She's like very true. Just hilarious. So after watching that in quarantine, you're like, I'm gonna make a Twitter. Yeah, so when I was so I was live tweeting, I had a Twitter and like I used to just post little like Yeah, I definitely followed you before you transitioned. <laughs> I I just would post a little, like, you know, a little thought pics with my shirt off yeah. and whatever. Um, and then I actually wanted to be a little bit more discreet because of residency. So I was like, let me just rebrand. What should I do? And I was in the middle of watching Housewives. And I was, like, live tweeting it. And I was like, oh, my God, I hate Camille Grammer. And I was like, wait, am I a Camille Grammer stan? And I was like, wait, I should become a Camille Grammer stan account. Wow. The and the rest is history. I love that. I guess yeah. it's been like a year What and a half is now. Um, the Twitter handle so everyone can go see it? So it's actually the same as my Instagram, which is at VNCTRTH, which is my name with the vowels taken out. But um, the name, like the, not the handle, but the name is just Camille. Camille. Just Camille. There just you have Camille. it, folks. It's Camille. Camille Grammar. in the flesh. This is How's Your Heart with Camille Grammar. <laughs> Dr. Camille Grammer. Dr. Camille Grammer. Camille Grammer. We should name the episode that. Camille Dantachi Grammer Meyer. <laughs> so, um, you live across the country from your family just like we do, and we know how hard that is. And you're like in the first year, which is definitely the hardest. So, how has that been for you? Um, It's been like. Like, you're, are you close with your family? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty close with my family. Uh, so it's been difficult and I've missed them, but I've actually gotten to see them a little bit more than I anticipated, which has been really nice. So like, um, I had two weeks off at the end of March and I spent the first week, uh, with my mom. She came over here actually, and we road tripped over to like Zion and then down to Scottsdale and back here. I've gotten to go home, I think twice now. Um, so it's been hard not seeing them, but. Um, it makes the times that I do see them more special. Yeah. yeah. 
but has it been hard for you just being over here like new in a new city away did you know a lot of people before moving here or so i actually knew really nobody close at all uh moving out here uh i had no intentions of moving out here really i hadn't thought about it much um but there's a match process for residents that um, landed me out here so how far in advance do they let you know that you're moving so i found out on we all find my my match day was march 19th and then i moved i was here june 10th so i guess that's what like three three months months. you have about three months um to prepare so it's been it's been hard to meet people because especially as i live downtown which is like uh you know (laughs) not good eternity away from downtown is like five hours away exactly it's long distance in la so i have felt a bit isolated but um it feels like it's like slowly but surely getting better and i'm moving out here in june which will i think neighbor things make things a lot nicer exactly so i'm excited it's been a challenge but it's been um it's been exciting it was like what i've wanted my whole life and now I have it. Oh, living your dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love that. You exactly. made that a reality. Yeah. <laughs> how was COVID during, or how was your... How was working, how was working... During at... the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. So like when it first happened, I was doing essentially like a rotation in Jacksonville, Florida, where I was having to like live in a dorm. And all of a oh, sudden, no. like, when people are still like, is COVID real? Is this actually happening? So you were in Florida. I was in Florida. I was in medical school still. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like, all of a sudden were like, everybody go back to Gainesville immediately. Like, we'll figure out what you're doing when you get there. And then we go back to Gainesville and they're like, okay, go back to the hospital. You're working on this team. And we were for two days and we got an email. It was like, everybody go home indefinitely. So it was like super weird and cryptic. And we all just went home and we were out for, from March until June. And then we came back. And it honestly felt kind of normal at the hospital. It was just like everybody wears gloves. Everybody like kind of gowns up before you go in. So I guess it didn't, it didn't feel normal, but it was like not too crazy. It didn't feel like my education was like severely impacted. And then honestly, since residency started, it's been like fairly normal. And a lot of hospitals were like so busy. They were pulling residents off other services to just like fill in in the ICU and things like that. But um, that predated me and it didn't happen while I was in, in er, at my medical school. It, it didn't really happen. Long story short, it didn't affect my training that much. I was pulled from medical school rotations for like three months, but, um, in other areas that were a lot more hard hit with COVID, they were like pulling residents from random and attendings from like random specialties, uh, to like take care of the ICUs. So, I didn't have to do that, but a lot of people did. You lucked out. I did. I truly did. We love that for you. Yes. Um, obviously, becoming a doctor is a very hard process, and you talked about how it has affected your mental health, and like when you feel like it's too much, do you see other like students or like your coworkers or anything like that? Does it affect them? And is it hard like for people to stay so positive? Cause you have to put in so much of your time and dedication into this. Like, are you asking if other people, like colleagues feel the same yeah. way that I feel sometimes? Yeah. 
Like, do you think that a lot of people feel the same pressure? Do you see the stress yeah. in, like, a hospital? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, among... I mean, we all kind of talk about it among ourselves, like, how stressed we are. Um, and, like, I think a lot of times we all just kind of make a, like, laugh about it as much as we can. It's like, you have to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> um, truly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're... Residency in general is, like, pretty grueling, um, and it's not necessarily like the happiest point in people's lives, but I think it's very rewarding. So trying to like keep sight of that, but it's like, it's very clear when people are burnt out. Um, you can see it just, I feel like it's, it's pretty evident when you, especially when you work with people all the time and you can like see a little bit of a shift. Um, and so I feel like people are pretty good about checking in on one another. Cause, um, you know, the burnout can like, a lot of people kill themselves over it, like quite literally kill themselves. So um, there's a lot of emphasis, I think, on like kind of checking in on each other and um, trying to keep each other as well as possible. That's, That's like good. so good to have a support system like that. Yeah. And you should start asking people how their heart is. Yeah, I should. I should frame it that way. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do try to check in on people when I can see that, like, you know, they're not feeling... That they're, that they're not, like, you know, maybe they're being, like, a little bit uh, out of their own, their normal character. And people are, I'm pretty, like, expressive. I'm pretty dramatic. So people are, like, always checking in on me. And I'm like, no, I'm just being dramatic today. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, I feel like the people at, as particularly in my residency program, are very supportive um, of one another. So I feel pretty fortunate in that. That's awesome. And do you work with the same group of people, like, for the next or do is yeah. it the same group is yeah like a class so there's 18 of us in my anesthesia class and we will progress from year to year with one another wow. um and then there's like eight surgical interns and we work pretty closely with them excuse me um <laughs> and there's yeah there's a you know obviously a bunch of residents from other specialties that we maybe don't work as closely with but we see around and we'll all kind of like be in it together for the next few years so um it's important to make a lot of friendships in residency because it's like we spend like more than half of our lives there. It feels like. Yeah. Wow. Y'all are in it for the long run. Yeah. We're, we're deep in it. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you say that you balance work and life? I have very set times that I have to be at work and time that I have off. And I usually know it, you know, a little bit in advance. So I have to be really, um, kind of diligent about planning my time off well in advance because I'll know like oh I only have this day off so I have to if I want to like you know lean more into like this personal life this like queer life in LA I have to put the kind of like uh forethought is that even a word I don't know like I have to think about in advance what I want to do on that day off and who I want to hang out with and um so I feel like in terms of balancing it it's like I'm at work when I need to be at work and then I always try to have something social and something that feels like kind of carefree, if you will, where I'm not really having to think about work and just hang out with like new people, um, in those t- like discrete time periods that I have off, which, um, can make it maybe not as enjoyable cause I'm still thinking about it in the frame of like my work, but it's kind of the only option I have right now. Yeah. 
but at least you're doing it. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I waste no time off. Like, that's my, I feel like my claim to fame <laughs> among my, my, no my peers. Like, I, I refuse to have a day off and not do something fun with it. Yeah. Uh, like, even if I'm really tired, I still try to, you know, just go out and do something where at the end of it, I'm going to feel, um, like, satisfied and happy and not resent having to go back into work. Like, that's my whole thing is just trying to, like reset so that when I go back into work, I'm like, wow, that was a great little time off. Yeah. And I'm going to work again and I'm going to have another great time off in a week or whatever time period it is. Yeah. I mean, we've seen you like, yeah, a that's lot. what I was just going to say. Like you push through, like I, we've seen you out and you, you're like, I just got off a blah, blah, blah shift. And I'm like, how are you out right now? Yeah. And I honestly, people are like, I, 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 I truly am like so excited to have time off that I don't really feel that tired. Like, even if I've worked, I, I can go out after, like, a 14-hour shift and have a full night with friends and have a good time um, because I enjoy it that much. I don't know. Yeah. It gives you the energy. Yeah. I mean, usually I'm tired the next day, and I will spend some time the next day resting. Uh, but I do get, I feel, like, recharged and energized by just, like, going out and being social and... Um, experiencing life here in LA because I didn't I didn't get, have that opportunity in Florida so live trying to make life. the most of it here huh live that life yeah girl I also wanted to know do you like do you people come into the hospital like and like they're having panic attacks and like that's what you diagnose them with or like do you see a lot of mental health stuff in the hospital yeah so um so my hospital, one of my hospitals is the county hospital. It's basically like the public hospital where everybody can go. It doesn't matter if you have insurance or not. Um, so, um, you know, we basically like the entire homeless population of like downtown and East L.A. comes to our emergency room um, first. So they're, you know, like unfortunately is a, a lot of mental health issues among the homeless population out here. So um, we see like pretty extreme examples of it sometimes. Um, I did my emergency rotation a couple months ago now and um, definitely had to, you know, help link people into the right services to get their mental health um, taken care of Um and I'd say a lot, like a lot of people that came through the ED, um, that was essentially like their chief complaint or their the main thing that was bringing them in. Mm. Especially, uh, like, well, never mind, got that <laughs> rambling. That's crazy. Like, I feel like as an empath, <laughs> like, don't, do you? Does it affect you though? Like when you see like sad things? Because I mean, of course, in the hospital, it's not all happy stuff. Yeah, um, it definitely gets to me, um, especially when I see people maybe like going through things that feel like kind of close to home for me. Uh, it can feel a little bit triggering sometimes. Like I've had situations where I feel myself starting to kind of panic, watching other people panic, because mm-hmm. um, like I've dealt with that personally. Um, but I've gotten better about just um, kind of, uh, you know, not throwing my own emotions into um, patient encounters because that can be 
I think, you know, detrimental to um, myself as a provider, like in my longevity in the field and um, also to like patient care, you know. Um, but for better or for worse, in anesthesia, I won't see quite as much as um, maybe like our emergency medicine doctors and our psychiatrists yeah. um, or even just our primary care providers in general would would see. Gotcha. That's good that you don't have to see that that much. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's really, I think, interesting and rewarding um, taking care of um, mental health, but I don't think... I don't think it is for everybody to to be able to care for others in that capacity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think everybody handles it differently. You kind of have to have, like, thick skin. Yeah, for sure. Or, like, um, can it you... It takes a certain person. Yeah, as a doctor, are you, like, you're not, like, allowed to show emotion or anything like that? Is that... No, I mean, you can definitely show emotion. I think there's, like, uh, maybe some, like, boundaries of professionalism that you mm-hmm. definitely don't want to cross. But, you know, if, like, you're, you have an established relationship with a patient and something sad happens in their life, like, it's okay to cry with them um, or to celebrate with them. Um, but, obviously, there's um, limits to that uh, where maybe, you know, it would be unprofessional when it's starting to impact like how you're caring for them or how you're treating them, you know, like ultimately you want to, um, treat essentially, you want to treat all of your patients with the same kind of through, through, you know, a similar lens. Um, so if you're getting like too emotionally invested or, um, whatever it is, then maybe it's time, you know, to like take a step back and, reassess your your relationship with that patient or you know see if you're actually able to care for them in the way that they should be cared for yeah yeah that makes sense do you have any like stories or anything that has touched your heart like while working at a hospital so we have like i had a patient um, that i've been caring for for like the past week and a half um who you know without giving like too much detail about her kind of assumed that um, it was the end for her. She had a, um, heart attack and was like pretty much talking about just going home with hospice. Um, when I first met her, uh, and you know, we kind of like reassured her that we had some options before we got there. And, um, you know, we worked with her throughout the week and everything pretty much turned around for her where we were able to discharge her home today. And she was just super grateful for everything that we had done. And um, it was funny because we were talking, I I was talking to her today before she left and just telling her what a pleasure it was taking care of her. And she was like, oh, I've been such a fussy patient. I've been such a pain. Um, And I just laughed because she had been like one of the most pleasant patients I'd ever had in my life. Um, And... I don't know. It's just like the small things where from my perspective, I'm like, I think you'll be fine, you know, and giving that reassurance to somebody who just assumed it was over, um, I think is, uh, it's, um, very rewarding for me. And what, like, even if I'm having a bad day going in that patient's room and like seeing her so happy and giving her news that like something, one of her labs got better and her being so excited about that is just, um, it's pretty cool to me. 
Oh, yeah, man. that must feel great. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> Thanks to our studio studio audience. Yeah. Well, we have come to the part of the show where we play a little game. Do you know what game it is? <laughs> if you're a true fan <sighs> of Hollywood, I don't. Of I, don't. <laughs> I guess I don't go for long enough. <laughs> um, it's called this or that, and okay. it's easy you just say this or that yes or no and you pick between two things two things all right i can do that yeah are you ready i'm ready so this or that tampa or atlanta atlanta (laughs) period um this or that (laughs) i don't know why i'm saying that um hot weather or cold weather uh hot weather i think hot weather i'm gonna commit Medical school or residency? Oh, I'm going to go with residency. Night in or a night out? Oh my God, night out. <laughs> I don't do nights in. <laughs> yeah, you take any chance you get. I love Maybe that. we should have a night in. Maybe good for me. <laughs> well, this is like a night in. It is. Yeah. It's also a Monday. <laughs> and I work tomorrow. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and opening up and sharing your experience dr roth yeah we know that you have such a busy schedule so like it means a a lot that you fit us in oh i'll make time for my girls anytime thanks for having me it's been been fun i was nervous but super fun you see it's not that bad it's not that bad once you start going it's just us kicking on the couch and this was just a really special one because we've had like drag queens or like dancers but like no one that's ever done 12 years of school or however many you're gonna be doing so like nine that's still a lot yeah (laughs) yeah kudos to you thank you thank you and i feel like a lot of people can learn and maybe other doctors will listen and be feel not alone (laughs) well before we go what would you tell somebody that wants to become a doctor or is starting medical school or anything like that any advice that you want to give really quick yeah um i'd say no matter how daunting it may feel there if you are um passionate enough about it it will happen um you can anybody can do it uh like it just takes hard work and um perseverance like just don't give up there's like always people rooting for you always people that are happy to help you um and even if you fail medicine is very very forgiving and um people will help you find your way back Wow, Amazing. that's good advice. I'm like, yeah, listen up. I want to be a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> Tico like, signed up for medical, medical school. school <laughs> that's great advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again for coming on. Where can people find you? Uh, find me on Instagram at vnctrth. My name without the vowels, or Twitter if you're bad. <laughs> the Twitter. You guys must go check it out. It's a hoot, as my grandma would say. <laughs> And you could follow us at Instagram at How's Your Heart underscore podcast. And Twitter at How's Your Heart with two T's. Thank you guys, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>